Hey everyone, uh, Cryptonaut, before we begin, just a quick sound check. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Loud and clear. Awesome. I guess uh, we'll just wait for a minute uh, for our audiences to join and our speakers to join as well. Uh, while we are at it, I'll start off with, uh, with introductions. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Sam, and today I'll be hosting along with Cryptonaut. Uh, the topic of discussion will be power of community. And uh, speaking of community, if you haven't joined our Discord, which is Leo1x yet, then I invite you all to join our Discord. Uh, the link will be in our description. Uh, join in, uh, talk with our great moderators, talk with our team, uh, give out suggestions and anything else that you want to talk about. Uh, Cryptonaut, would you like to kick off with some introductions? Sure. Um, my name is Cody. I'm the Chief Experience Officer uh, at Layer 1X uh, Blockchain. And like Sam said, I'll be your host guiding us through today's episode. Um, I think we're on number 19, if my memory serves me correctly. So uh, we've found a lot of success by doing these X Talks. And so we're, we're really excited about uh, all the ones that are coming up. So while we're waiting to kick this thing off, uh, just please mark your calendar for Friday, uh, the 9th of February at 9 a.m. Uh, Western Australia time or 1 a.m. UTC time uh, That uh, for our next episode. And I think we're talking about uh, real world assets on that one. So that would be another really good one to kind of tune in for. Yeah, thank you so much, Cody. Uh, while we wait for a few of our other guests to join as well, uh, can we roll off with a quick sound check from each of our speakers, please? That would be awesome. Who would like to go first? Sure, yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'm Juju. I'm the BD for IVA in a gaming project on Polygon. So I'm just here to like chill and have fun with you guys. Thank you for having me up. Great to connect. Hey, GM, everybody. Happy Tuesday from NFL Rivals here. I'm Jonathan, uh, head of community marketing for uh, the best Web3 mobile game out there, built by Mythical Games and fully licensed with the NFL and the NFL Players Association. Download now on iOS and Android. Hey guys, I think. Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, all yours. Oh, thank you. Hey guys, I think uh, the majority of you have already heard from me before, but I'm Nobara. I'm the global communications manager for Genso Kishi, which is a 15-year-old 3D MMORPG coming from Japan. If you haven't checked us out, make sure to do so. Um, and to X Talks and co-host and Layer One X, thank you for having us again. Um, I know that it's going to be a really cool discussion, so I'm looking forward to hearing from everyone. Hey guys, I'm Jason. I'm the CEO of Miss Central. We're a digital entertainment and gameplay ecosystem, and yeah, just you know, always a pleasure to be invited up here to talk about everything Web three. Who's next? I think we have some few introductions left. 
Go ahead, Spicy Capital. Hey, thanks for having us up again. Uh, cool to be up here with Layer One X. Good to see um, some of familiar faces as well, and chat to Crypto Note as well, man. It was cool to connect with you. I believe it was last week or the week before. But uh, yeah, here at Spicy Capital, we are VC funded in the crypto or three space. And we are very focused on layer one, layer twos, looking into some layer threes as well, uh, integrating with the Bitcoin network and building over there. And we're also open to investing on GameFi as well, for sure, and real world assets. And if you guys want to do a real world asset space next time, you want to have the topic around there, uh, I'll ping you guys a message. I've got a wicked project that will be um, open to joining that as well. Got a nice community, so it would be a good turnout. I'll go ahead and hop in. I, I wasn't sure what we were doing. I came in a couple minutes late. Sorry, guys. Uh, this is Mikkel from Sedona and the Crypto Recruiters. Um, excited to be on another space with you guys, Layer One. I've been doing quite a few with you lately. Always great content, great thoughtful questions. And today I'm super excited to talk about community because my entire Web3 career started as a community builder. So um, excited to get this going. All right. I think we have just one more introduction left, and I think it's from Jen. Mary. Good morning, GM, GM. I'm from the great state of Oklahoma here in the U.S. I am a recording artist in um, bringing my music on chain, um, as well as a hug studio artist um, where I am a curator and a community builder in that space. Um, I'm also just recently um, joined the Pools family where a lot of my NFTs, whether it's the art form, digital art, or just the music NFTs, I reward my um, holders with tokens that they yield weekly that I curate for them to be able to redeem for things like merch, um, airdrops, etc. So I'm super excited to talk about, you know, all things community building, um, as well as even talk a little bit about how musicians that are bringing their music on chain are entering into the gaming space which is really fun to see that's awesome uh sounds like we've got a really good panel uh for today's discussion so again thank you everybody for joining us um not, uh, sorry to interrupt i think we just have one more introduction left and i think it's from our very own crypto psycho go ahead Hey guys, good to be here. Um, more, more known in the chat as Mark, but like online, I've got a persona of Crypto Psycho. Um, like a few people in the chat, started off community building a long, long time ago, back in 2021, and got to, got to the point where been on a few different projects and found L1X, created a more more content than I care to admit, and yeah, find myself somehow being some kind of micro-influencer, which is kind of cool. Yeah, thank you everyone for your introductions. Uh, so like you heard from Mikkel and from Spicy Capital, uh, we do have a few community builders among us and I'm sure they'll share some tips for uh, those that are new to community management and community building. Uh, before we move ahead with uh, the interesting questions, I want to remind everyone that uh, you can uh, comment your questions uh, down below and we'll go through them towards the end of this space. Uh, Cryptonaut, passing over to you. Sweet, sounds great. So for those that are just turning, uh, tuning in and joining us, my name is Cody. I'm the Chief Experience Officer at Layer 1X. 
uh, blockchain and uh, I'll be your host. And today we're going down the rabbit hole of the power of community. Um, I think this is a great topic for everybody. Um, we have had, like I was saying earlier, we've had a great experience working with uh, uh, building up X Talks. And over the last few episodes, again, I think this is number 19. And so, as you can tell uh, from many of the panelists that have been on on with us uh, repeatedly, uh, they're always finding great discussions and things like that. And I think that that's what's drawing us together and, and allowing us to basically be able to uh, build up a little bit of a community here. So we've made some really good friends and uh, we're, we're way excited to jump in. So just to kind of give you a format of how this will work is uh, I'm not going to really call on anybody unless I have follow-up questions, but it's just kind of more of an impromptu kind of question and answer so feel free to jump in whenever you feel like you have something of value to add or want to make a comment. Um, so with that, let's dive in and uh, start talking about the power of community. So I think I've got a couple of different sheets here of questions that I've kind of been formulating. Um, I guess I'll start off with this one. Uh, how does being part of a crypto community contribute to an individual's sense of identity? in web three. Sorry, I didn't quite catch the question. Can you repeat that? Sure, no problem. How does being part of a crypto community contribute to an individual sense of identity in web three? Well, uh, it depends on the ecosystem that you're a part of. If you're owning something, um, if you're owning something that, uh, out there in public, then it's very visibly part of your identity. If you're in community A and you own an asset, then that's a very visible statement of your support. So um, you probably feel more exposed and more like tribalistic that you need to stand up and support this community. Um, the other piece is that it's very fungible. You can easily buy and sell. So it's kind of like trying on hats. Um, so you can really experiment and try to find something that really fits you. Um, what we found in NFL Rivals is um, our community orients around squads in the game, and uh, it's it's very very tribal over there. Um, so I think I think it's 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 really cool to see people build these unique ecosystems um, and support each other, help each other win the game, and ultimately are creating like sub subculture on the internet. Yeah, I'll go ahead and hop in. I think I read a, a one of Punk Six Five Two Nines quote tweets like several years back and he said <clears throat> something like board ape holders are going to be more alike than non-board ape holders and I just thought that was really fascinating because like we do tend to gravitate gravitate like the definition of these communities and maybe like the ethos and the ideals and what they're doing at any given time constantly changes but the members do tend to gravitate towards each other so they become like these home bases of people with shared interests doing similar things with the same kind of goals in the space and like we joke around and call you know like nft collections and meme coins and all that stuff cults but it could you know like i think cults get a bad rap <laughs> a little bit because like it's just that sense of belonging to people with similar beliefs and similar ideas and it does give you that feeling of 
you know, of purpose, of belonging to something that's bigger than yourself. And just speaking personally, so I've been a member of Alcoholics Anonymous for like seven years. That's what Alcoholics Anonymous does for me in that re- in the real world. There's a lot of people like me that I can relate to that, uh, you know, I can share my life with in meaningful ways. And it feels like that kind of paralleled in, in NFT communities. And this is really the only two places ever that I've, I've experienced like that level of camaraderie. Um, and it's really, it's really beautiful. I think that's what's so beautiful about web three. Yeah. I'll, I'll just jump in as well. Just on, just on the back of that. And I've up until joining like telegram and Twitter spaces and being down this rabbit hole in like speaking to all these different communities, I, I don't look at someone that's like in, in these chats as like some kind of weirdo, but, the more I go down the rabbit hole, the more the more communities I get involved with and the more the more relationships I make in these spaces. I realise that I'm finding I'm I feel like I'm being more of myself like in these in these environments than what I am in real life. And it's it's weird. I mean I've opened I've I've opened up about stuff that I've never shared with anyone in my life in these communities, speaking to random people that I started off not knowing and like six months, 12 months in, you can feel as close to someone in this space as what you do with like lifelong friends because like everything's intense and like you're speaking daily and you've got that one thing in common. And I think that's the thing with, with, with crypto, everyone's got this same, um, this same belief system and same mentality. And I think that's why you connect so well. And my, like, like, for instance, my PFP, I could never change this PFP. I could never sell it and I could never change it because it's my identity. And I changed it once for the first time about eight, about uh, three months ago. And I've had this PFP for about a year now and I changed it and people thought, people thought I'd gone. It's literally my identity. <laughs> and it's, it, it, it doesn't matter what it'll be valued at. I can't get rid of it because if I did, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be me. And yeah, this, this space, it's amazing. And I've made, I've made so many relationships, so many friendships and the like the networking that happens in this in this weird bubble that we all exist in it's it's an amazing thing it's beautiful 100% oh. 100% oh was somebody going to say something oh yeah i was like going to go next but if you have something to say please go ahead oh no no it's no go for it you're good Okay, thank you very much. I was going to say, Mikhail, thank you so much for bringing up the talk about the cult. But I believe that's a topic for another day because that's really deep. And I really do feel like it's been looked at with a bad eye. And it's something basically every community or project should have. So going back to talking about belonging to a community i feel like if you're coming out let me say from a personal perspective if you're trying to build out a brand or build out your identity you surely need to belong to a community because that's basically the entry point for you to get like your engagement your relationship up and like get connections because if you're not like having those connections at the start will be real hard for you to build out your brand so it could be something simple as belonging to an NFT community, belonging to like connecting with spaces, being recognized, belonging to Twitter groups. And you basically find yourself that, yeah, you're building out a brand, connecting with people. And one other tip that I could just like leave behind is don't just leave your connections to 
maybe X, like social media here on X, because personally had like my personal account suspended. And if I hadn't like been keeping in touch with people behind the scenes, maybe through other apps like Discord, like Telegram, and trying to actually build out those relationships, those friendships would be lost. So it's always a great thing to belong to a community, to relate with people, to like show a sense of humanity and not just like coming out here trying to like be all and all, pushing a brand or something or like chilling stuff. So surely you need to belong to a community for you to like get that growth in and like get places where you need to be. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. That was great. Um, I see a couple of hands up. Just go when you're ready. All right, I'll go. Um, yeah, so I would say that the, for me, in terms of finding like a sense of identity in a space, um, definitely what was mentioned before in terms of the ecosystem you join. I do believe it depends on that because some ecosystems are more like dev heavy, some ecosystems are more community manager, marketing heavy and stuff. And I think part of that ident identity is your talent or your natural talent or your gift in the space. Like mine is definitely marketing and on being on like the ETH community and stuff, definitely was able to find um, a lot of collab managers, community managers and whatnot. And we were able to get on very, very well. And I would say that's definitely part of my identity in this space and like who I am. People know me as a marketer. People know me as a community manager kind of guy. Um, when it comes to devs, you know, Chainlink, AVAX, um, other networks as well, mad dev heavy, like crazy dev heavy. And I would honestly say there wasn't really like a community for devs outside of Web3. You know, if you were like a dev or a coder outside of Web3, you might not have had a bigger network. I literally was talking about this the other day. Um, when it comes to building uh, communities and stuff, most projects out there that are very dev heavy won't be able to build because they have no marketing experience. And part of that marketing experience is knowing people, being able to connect to people really, really easily. And I'm not saying that dev people can't, like anyone can connect to anyone. What I'm saying is for developers, they don't practice that skill of connecting with people. So just the idea of going on a space and speaking on stage is just not going to be, you know, it's going to be foreign to them. Whereas most of us here speaking right now we're either some form of collab community marketing manager. I have to be. Um, it's very rare you find a dev that has both. However, in this space, I do believe devs have been able to find more than you know themselves and their identity in this space. I think they've been able to find a freaking network. You know, devs can come together and, and talk and communicate with each other on any platform that they want. Um, exactly what Ivy was saying. You know, communicating on Discord, Telegram, and other other places. So. I definitely believe part of that identity, part of finding that identity, uh, being able to nurture things that we we are naturally good at um, to improve on that, and uh, spaces is definitely one for me. Hey, Jim Marie here. Um, I wanted to add um, to what the gentleman was just saying. I I think it was spicy. Um, I do believe that there is a correlation between like community members that are like active in collaboration with these devs it for me as somebody who has been in communities like rug radio um 90s babes crypto tech women 
a lot of us are very, very much so we are chatting in the Discord or um, Telegram or whatever, but it is a unique dance that we have to do in order to onboard the dev side of Web3 to make it more um, digestible in the community. So a lot of, for instance, crypto tech women um, under Gianna, she's building out really, really great programs for based on community insight that she like did in her Discord. Like we would have like these team huddles every week. But for us in the community, it was our job to find a dev to bring in the community by giving them like task or, you know, asking them for help to kind of ease them into the community. Um, but I do believe that there is like this, if you're a developer or if you're on the tech side, sometimes it's harder to like kind of interweave yourself in the community without the help of more, you know, fo- pe- people that are more uh, people focused as a fo- as opposed to like tech focused. And I think that um, right now the space that we're in, um, it's offering us a chance to really have an open dialogue to make sure that nobody is left behind in the aspect of community building, because I don't think community moderators or active community members um, can survive without uh, developers. And I don't think that uh, developers can really integrate themselves in the ecosystem without those community members that are helping them with the conversations in the language, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. Totally does. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Navara, do you want to go? I see your hand up. Yeah, thank you. I just wanted to thank everyone for their insights on this because I I feel like I resonated with every single opinion stated so far in the sense that, you know, being in a community is A, the starting point to whatever you want to be doing in the space. It's the way to network. It's the way to build connections. But also what I noticed um, with myself was that You know, I started off as a community member, then I started modding and being a community manager and so on. And then I started joining spaces and just kind of networking to, um, you know, a further extent. And what happened was um, people that I spoke to, whether it was in Discord AMAs or X spaces, they highlighted features that I have and qualities that I have that I wasn't quite aware of or I, or that I didn't really find useful. So I think Web3 and just what we're doing right now and building this space can also help you identify, you know, strengths and potential that you might have not previously understood that you had because I was quite shy I never wanted to do spaces or whenever I was joining spaces I didn't really feel like I could contribute to the conversation you know I was I was really cringing in the beginning I'm gonna be honest with you but then as I spoke to more people that were like-minded they actually I would get you know, messages after this or even someone asking me for advice on certain things. And it made me really kind of help my niche um, in in what I do. So the way I I go about my work and my business and what I do in the space, it's so much more streamlined because through these conversations and through these connections, I was able to actually find myself and really pinpoint what I'm strong at. So I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful. And a lot of the people that helped me get to this point, 
you know, or in this space. Uh, and I'm speaking to them every day because I'm drawing inspiration from them um, for myself and for, for what I can do better. But also I'm just seeing completely new things that I never really thought of. So I would encourage anyone who's listening, who's participating, but is just not quite active. They're a little bit more passive in their communication. Don't be because we've all been noobs. Um, you know, Web3 didn't start a long time ago. None of us knew anything a couple of year, a couple of years ago, and the, the people that you're looking up to now, you know, they haven't been doing this for fifty years or so. It's not unachievable. It's just about being consistent, and really opening up to people and just kind of seeking out that feedback and and resonating with people. So yeah, that's my take. Thank you. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Uh, we'll we'll uh, have Ivy come, and then we'll move on to the next question. Yeah, I was going to like say real great takes from everybody from Ganzo. I was going to be like, I was literally the same way. I was like not a public speaking person. Then eventually Web3 as a way to like help you evolve and find your true self. Because I found out like I could be in the space with like hundreds of people. And now I'm like super comfortable, could talk like however long, you know, and just thank you for Web3. And I also heard some great takes from Spicy and Jen. I was going to like throw in an input on those as well. But brah, I was literally just waiting here. And I seem to have forgotten what I wanted to say. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. Don't laugh at me. <laughs> so thank you. I'm just going to shut up right now. No, all good. All good. Thanks, everybody. That was a great question. Uh, one question took us 26 minutes. So that was a that was a good, good discussion there. So moving on to the next question. Um, with the evolution of uh, decentralized technologies, such as like interoperability um, among different chains and things like that, how can that help Web3 communities actively contribute to fostering inclusivity and diversity within the space? Just go ahead and jump up. Um, I think what's amazing about Web3 technology about blockchains is that they're permissionless. And when you bolt it onto identity and bolt it onto community, that means truly just about anything on the internet that's possible is possible. So these ideas of interoperability and composability make it so that, you know, you can remix, you know, uh, a pudgy penguin, a cool cat, a doodle, um, a D God, anything you want, you can remix it um, separately because all the code is public. Um, you can work with designers, work with developers or do it yourself and remix it to find like your version um, that best fits you. Um, the other thing that it's, uh, in, with that, you can craft like your own individual identity that's still a part of the space. Um, and then with like permissionless IP, uh, if you own the token, you own the IP. We've seen all kinds of people create like robust identities around uh, <clears throat> around their tokens. You even build brands, build music, you, you build musical profiles, build, build all kinds of things around these identities. Um, and, and the final thing I want to call out around inclusivity is, for instance, interoperability between different products, different ecosystems. Um, you can kind of extend an arm out to a community and totally embrace them, 
just by building something valuable for them, saying what you hold, aka who you are, what you do as a collective is already valuable, and we're increasing the value of that by giving you some sort of benefit. Um, and if you're building like a Web3 sports game, like we are, um, and you want to extend a hand to women to try and play the game, you can reach out to Boss Beauties or BFF um, or Women with Weapons, and any of these, World of Women, any of these communities, and say, hey, if you hold one of these things, we're going to give you an extra ounce of value in our ecosystem to try it out. Um, and I think that's, that's, I think that's really good for inclusivity um, in the spaces that you can build, you can actually build things that matter and hook it up directly to things that people already find valuable and precious. Okay, I'll go next. I feel like the benefits in the relationship between interoperability and community is you could get to like build out on whatever chain you take advantages from certain chains. Like maybe you're looking at a gas fee from a chain, you're looking at the community from another chain and you bring them all together. So you could like naturally build out your dream community and set it out on whatever blockchain you choose for it to be. Because whether we like it or not as well, in the Web3 space currently, we aren't as like hugely populated as we would want it to be. So it's also a great way for us to like extend to other like chains and like enlarge the coast and welcome new people into our ecosystem. So if I could say that, so you welcome new people into the ecosystem and get to build out like your dream community, what you want it to be, how you want your community to be. And at the same time, take benefits from like other features of like, you know, the other like chains that are currently existing. So I just wanted to put that in as well. Thank you. I'll just jump in. Uh, I I'm thinking like for for like the interoperability thing when you when you're thinking about projects and then you're thinking about like KOLs and influencers, it completely it completely turns it upside down because at the minute like a lot of a lot of influencers and KOLs they, they like the chain specific, like it, they 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 basically targeting niches. Like you'll get you'll get so many different influencers and they might just be purely like Shibrinu. Uh, or they might be stuck on like uh, Solana, and I think by opening open it up where like project one project can be on like ten chains at the same time, you like your community's opened up for one, so you've got you've got access to all these different projects. You're not you're not like um, siloed into a chain, but then for like if you're going to be pushing a certain project or pushing a certain chain, it, it's it's completely lifted the boundary up so you're not you're not tied into one particular thing so i think i think when projects are looking at marketing it's gonna it's gonna change everything because they've got to they've got to adapt now and like look at different ways they can market the projects and get different marketers on get get different influencers in that may be more um cross chain rather than niche specific on specific chains so it'll be very interesting when when all this interoperability really opens up, um, what it'll look like on a marketing standpoint for, for individual projects. I totally agree with you on that one. Um, you know, when we look at interoperability from uh, the layer 
one X uh, point of view, you know, we, we look at it as an opportunity to not only tap into other communities, uh, be able to collab easier with uh, a lot of different, um, uh, you know, uh, projects and, and things like that. But, you know, I, I, I keep going back to <laughs> the, the uh, Roaring Kitty uh, or Soaring Kitty, whatever the guy's name was, with GameStop that happened a few years ago. You know, that's all about community and, and doing something right, right? And I'm always of the philosophy, you can't, under, you can't underestimate, you know, a bunch of nerds with internet access that share a dream for financial success, right? Or revolution. And so, you know, I feel like communities do play a huge part and in inter, interoperability is, is the uh, gateway to basically scale and, and build, so... Yeah, I'd like to jump on top of that because um, the you know when when it comes to building out ecosystems and you're trying to grow communities based around multiple product bases or multiple different launches with different uh, let's say different areas of entertainment, um, it it opens you up to let's say the perfect storm because you're no longer exhausting your own community tied to a chain anymore, which is something that we've seen happen multiple times over and over in the space when you have ecosystems just, they, they just end up closing in on themselves around their own existing community without being able to launch and be able to actually connect that project back to their ecosystem and tap into these different communities. And now now we can, now we can, you know, like the, the Solana NFT community is, is, is amazing. But then there's GameFi communities on other chains between Immutable, Polygon. So it's like now, now all of this is beginning to come together, and those that are building the tools to actually make all of this possible, you know, they're they're the ones that are actually they're going to make this space pretty damn great now, because now that that level of outreach and the ability to to connect, because like as soon as you you latch into a community on a, on, a, on a particular chain and they they come back into your community through your product and they then meet other sides and people of your community, that begins to grow. And you're, you're able to tap into a really, really wide market. And yeah, absolutely. Marketers are absolutely going to have to be on their toes from here on out, um, adapting and, you know, updating those, those sheets as to who the, who the best cross-chain marketers are and influencers. But it's going to be, it's, it's going to be a pretty wild one. You know, I think 2024 for this is going to be pretty special. Oh, 100%. 100%. Ivy, you got your hand up. Yeah. Okay. Let me just say this real quick. Like, I feel like there are a couple of things that need to change about interoperability. I'm sorry, I'm a joker right now. But I feel first thing, that name is tricky. It needs to change. It gets so hard sometimes trying to say that word. Then secondly, I feel like it needs to get to a point where people don't need to know like, okay, I'm holding an NFT in this chain. I'm trying to do transactions in this chain. And it could basically cause like confusion for like the regular people who aren't netheads in the space or space with interoperability going on. You see what I'm saying? So, so that needs to change when it needs to get to that point where everything is on the back end. And we could simply just hold an NFT and interact with blockchain without really knowing where it's from or like where it lives on and just 
get to use it and enjoy the process because when you're trying to explain to someone new like okay yeah you're holding this nft in this chain and you're trying to like maybe connect to a game in this chain and you're trying to do this it gets confusing and they wouldn't really like understand how to go about it so i can't wait to see that part evolve as well and see changing that thank you juju out <laughs> no i i we agree 100 percent with you on on changing the name of interoperability it's too hard to say plus it's too cliche a lot of people are using that um at layer one x uh you know because we do have a bridgeless native uh interoperability that's why we we uh, named it x talk because it can do so much more than just um you know, transfer token, bridge a token over, right? Because we're bridgeless, we can also do TVL, we can do um, logic and data and that kind of stuff. And so that's what's going to make it extremely successful. Um, so you can just start calling interoperability X talk if you want. We'll, we'll be okay with you using that. So, um, Spice, I see you got your hand up. Yeah, no, I completely agree with what Ivy's saying, man. I think um, us changing the names to be something that will really, really help. The reason I agree with what he's saying is because in the beginning, when we had NFTs and then they switched it to digital collectibles, a lot of us were like, what are you lot doing, man? Leave it alone. It's NFTs, blah, 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 X, Y, and Z. Now, 2024, how many gaming spaces have I been on where people, including myself, have said, will really hit mass adoption when we stop calling it Web3 Gaming and we just call it video games. So then instead of calling it NFTs, like we know what it is. We know what NFT is. But, well, actually, I say we. A lot of us don't actually know what NFT is. If you went and asked someone in a Web3 space what's an NFT, they'll give you like a definition. But like an example is uh, the NFT that you have, like the JPEG, you don't own the JPEG, you own the receipt, which is the TX that you get from your purchase. That's your NFT. The token, the JPEG, is just a JPEG. It's just a picture. An NFT isn't something unless it's like an ordinal where it's inscribed in the blockchain. Now, if we go into that, you're going to confuse a lot of freaking DGENs in the space. So it goes both ways. So if you have someone that's a Web2 person and they come into the gaming space and they say, okay, cool. Um, we want to play some video games, blah, 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 X, Y, and Z. And you show them a, a game that has NFTs. Instead of saying, yeah, bro, you get these NFTs and you can do X, Y, and Z, you just, just say characters. Just say, oh, yeah, you've got to play these characters and then X, Y, and Z, and you complete these missions and blah, 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 blah. To them, it'll be like, okay, dope. It sounds like a normal game. I'm in. I'm down to play. If they then proceed to ask you questions, like, okay, cool. So what makes this different? Because I've heard this Web3 thing, but what makes these characters different from the games I'm playing, like Call of Duty and stuff? All right, cool. Well, let's say, for example, Shrapnel went down his route. Because I'm not like too clued up on Shrapnel, but Shrapnel's been doing it very well to where my Web2 friends are asking about, about this game. So I know they're doing something right. And they don't know anything about crypto. So let's say, for example, I say to them, all right, well, you see these characters on Shrapnel? If Call of Duty was to dissolve today, everything you invested into that game is gone time and your money all the characters disappear same with fortnite same with every other game you're playing right now however the technology on these games that you're playing allows you to keep the characters for life now eventually i know you know i'll be saying this to my friends i'll be like look now eventually 
we're not sure when it's going to happen. We're not even sure if it will happen. You know, there's a lot of rumors. No one's actually confirmed that they're building this. But it would be pretty dope where, because you own the characters, you can take them into different games. We don't know if that's going to happen. Obviously, we saw that on movies and stuff. But that is a possibility because you own the characters. And that's because of the tech that they built. Next question is going to be, bro, what the heck is this technology? All right, cool. Sit down. Let me chat to you. And then you go from there. But the base, the basics of the conversation just needs to be, yeah, it's characters, bro. And then let's say, for example, um, Selfridges is building this at the moment. And I, I found this out last year in February. Selfridges is building something. They haven't made it public information, but I had a lot of conversations when it's Paris Blockchain Week. And I spoke to a lot of people that are building it. And they said, this isn't something that's contracted that's supposed to be kept a secret. We just are building and no one's asking questions. So we're just going with it. But how they're going to do it is very soon, you know when you have the basket item, when you go to shop on like different places, retail, whatever, that basket item is going to have a wallet integrated into it. However, you're not going to know. We'll, we'll know because we'll understand tech, but normal, no, not normal. That's the wrong That's the wrong thing. People that don't know about Web3 won't um, know that there's a wallet integrated and that there's tokens. They won't understand that. They'll just see there's a wallet there and that they can, that they, that they can deposit funds. So another way that we understand this is in the gaming world and Steam. On Steam, if you want to purchase a game, you want to purchase DLC packs, you can deposit funds into the ecosystem of Steam and you can do it that way. Or you can just buy it straight with your credit card whenever you want. You have the option. Xbox is the same. PlayStation is the same. You can deposit funds, your pounds and euros, into these PlayStation, Steam, Xbox tokens that we've been using for a long time. The difference is it will be like a Selfridges one or whatever it is. But the underlying tech will be crypto because it will be passing through wallet addresses that are linked to like ENSs and all this other shit. But people are building this at the moment and they're trying to make it as seamless as possible. And exactly what Ivy was saying, the back end is going to have everything. But the front end is just going to be, this is your item. This is how much it costs. Do you want to pay with the tokens that you already already have? Or do you want to pay with like normal fiat or whatever? Pay X, Y, Z. Cool, done. And then transaction is sorted. So I feel like in terms of having inclusivity and like all this other stuff in the industry that we're building at the moment, we have to think, okay, cool. What's the easiest way we can explain this to a friend? Instead of using all this like freaking terminology, just, just keep it simple. NFTs, the characters, bro. Crypto is just like tokens. Think of Fortnite. Oh, okay, cool. Think of Steam. Oh, blessed. I understand now. Great. And then go from there. And then if they choose to want to go way more in depth, then yeah, by all means, have the chat. Yeah, 100%. It's about keeping everything under the hood, uh, improving that user experience to uh, grow the community, grow your adoption of your product. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Ivy, we'll, we'll go with you and then we'll go on to another question. Okay, I was just going to say that Spicy is a legend for a whole set. Like, it, took, it totally took the words out of my mouth because yesterday a newbie stepped into Discord. Like, he's new to Web3, is originally, originally a gamer in Web2. And he was like, he doesn't even understand where to start, like, what's going on? I'll, what could I tell them about the project, everything? I was literally like, okay, blah, 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 and NFT. Then I had to like put it into bracket and be like playable characters. 
So I know that it would like totally understand it that way. And then I had to like move on and be like, when he was asking that, okay, yeah, you were talking about the NFTs, you get to add like items, like traits to the NFTs, you know, things like that. I had to like be like, okay, yeah, how am I going to explain this right now? And he would understand it. So I just had to simply go and say, okay, you know what? Just chill to when the time comes. When it comes, you basically see how it's done because basically you'll be using a DAP by then and it will be like real simple. So, and me trying to explain it at that point would be like complex and you might not understand it. So I was just like, oh yeah, don't worry about that. Just chill right now. Then later on, you see how it's done and you can just simply get it done that way. And at the same time, we'll be like, officially launching on some web two platforms and stuff. So you like get easy access to them to play them that way. Cause I feel like rolling things out on web three has to be like real simplified that people from web two, whenever they step in, they'll just easily understand like what's going on and how to get involved. Cause that's really something we need to like tackle and get set. Thank you, Juju out. Oh yeah, Bowser was good bro. That's a legend right there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, so uh, Sam, do we have any questions from the community by chance? Uh, I'm looking, but it doesn't look like we have. So I think we can move on with our questions. Okay, perfect. So if you guys have any community questions, don't be shy. Put them in the comments below, and we'll make sure that we get those uh uh, questions up for our panelists to answer. Um, so yeah, let's just move on. So I'm going to kind of shift gears a little bit here um, and kind of focus more on the psychology behind a user in a community. So um, the question I want to ask is, how does tribalism affect decision-making, loyalty, and conflict resolution within a community? First off, I want to say we should. Oh, go ahead, Ivy. She unmuted. Go for it. Now, funny thing, I didn't get the questions. I was like going to say say that over again. I'm sorry. Yeah, no problem. Uh, maybe just let me provide some context to this. So, I mean, when you build communities and you market and you do a lot of things, you have to be careful as a community manager because a lot of times these quick schemes to get followers, quick schemes to um, get people to participate in like airdrops and things like that can really bring um, a certain type of people, right? I like to call them the coupon hunters. That's all they're looking for is, uh, you know, the, the quick, easy uh, wins, but they're, they're not really totally invested into the community, which as we all know, is uh, if you're a marketer, uh, it can potentially hurt your uh, organic reach in pretty much all of the social media profile or um, algorithms. Uh, so with that kind of context, how, as you start building out your communities, how does the tribalism affect the overall decision-making, loyalty, and conflict resolution within crypto projects? Go for it, Navarro. 
Thank you. Um, well, I think especially when it comes to gaming, tribalism and just having a strong community is pretty much all that matters. Um, if you want to have, you know, a solid community that is coming back every day, that is playing the game um, and, you know, is using it to its full capability, then you need to make sure that you have something driving it, something driving that, you know, united spirit of the community. So I think... In that sense, again, Sokishi is quite lucky um, to have that massive lore behind its back because obviously the game is already 15 years old. So you have people that have joined it and probably played it back in 2008. Then they've gone on to play it on PlayStation, on Nintendo, and now they're enjoying the Web3 version of it. So that's that's a massive benefit to have in this space. But obviously, another thing that I know definitely happens because I'm a gamer um, and I know how, it, how much it takes to actually enjoy and play MMOs. So you, it's not something that you would experience on your own. So you need like a crew, you need a community, you need people to play with and speak to the entire time. And that's why, um, you know, it is a little bit easier for us to have this in place because, you know, if an MMO doesn't have, uh, you know, a constant community, it's just not going to work out. So I think in that sense, probably the niche of Web3 um, that is gaming is going to be the one to kind of highlight the right way to go forward, for sure. NFL rivals? Uh, Ivy, raise your hand first. Ivy, you go for it. Okay, thank you very much. Um, I was going to say, like, when you're trying to build out your community, the best and the easiest way for you to get, like, people who might eventually believe in the process and would want to like build out with you, who believe in your goals and things like that, is first starting off from partnerships, collaborations with people in the same niche, like similar niche as yours. So when you're dealing with partnerships and collabs, you're easily getting people in the ecosystem already existing, getting them to like flow into yours without this hassle of like starting to like, you know, hunt and build your community from zero is literally still zero but it's just like a easier way for you to get like your own community set standard with like the same goals and vision in mind and i was also going to say it's literally almost impossible to avoid having well what i call them is moon boys in your community because eventually there's literally no way you're gonna do it they would always come they would always exist in the community. And I feel like it's not totally a bad thing because obviously, yeah, they will come in and would like in the next second floor your NFT or whatever and try to like get profits and get out, which is good for volume. And at the same time, it's now down to you, the kind of content you have, the kind of like project you're building out to attract attention from people out there and your existing community in picking up those NFTs from the floor and basically giving them a home. So it's not a bad thing having those kind of people in your community as well. And as long as you have like set people or like you have a cult in your community, <laughs> it's a great thing because definitely you wouldn't like be worried about things like the Moon Boys. Thank you. Juju out. I do yeah, I think. Sorry, 
Oh, thanks. Uh, I, I do want to highlight that like we shouldn't be calling people users. Um, that's the only other vertical that calls people users is illegal drugs. Um, if it's gaming, they're players. If it's Web3, they're holders. If it's a community, they're members. Um, and ideally, you can come up with a branded term so you can understand, like, this is what these people are. This is what they're here to do, uh, which kind of gets into the tribalism piece. You know, NFL rivals, I call the players rivals. Like, I mean, I refer to them as players kind of in parlance internally, but when externally as a branded term, like, we're rivals. We're here to compete with each other um, and get on the leaderboard and win. At every level, we are trying to compete against each other. Um, unless we're inside squads, which then leads me to the next point, inter-tribalism versus intra-tribalism. So inter-tribalism is us versus that group over there. Um, you know, kind of like today, we're seeing a little bit of like ETH, ETH people dunking on Solana people. Um, and uh, I personally will be one of them in my chats later today. Um, and then you've, and that, that's really tricky to play with uh, because you could end up spending your whole existence in opposition to something else, and that's not productive for any community to actually build something. And the other piece is intra-tribalism, which is a lot more dangerous because we create subdivisions within your own community. For us, it's squads in our game. Our two biggest squads are Mythos Mob and Blitz Brigade, and they are constantly meme-warring each other. Um, and and it's, it's a lot of fun. Um but it's very easy. It's it's a playing with fire. You have to be very careful with tribalism because, as I said, if you spend your whole time on it, you're actually building a new thing. You're too busy wrapped up in, you know, kind of the, the psychological violence uh, of the meme war or whatever else is going on. Uh, and then you're not playing the game. They're not uh, engaging with your protocol. They're not making trades in your exchange. You're not out there posting productively on social media about what you're building. Uh, they're too busy fighting each other, which isn't super healthy. As someone said earlier, you know, gro these growth hacks are great to tap into to get you the initial, um, the initial boost, but you have to find the right balance. Um, because I, I can promise you from experience, especially in gaming, there will always be someone who doesn't understand uh, where the limits are, and they push them and, and go past them, and then they've annoyed everybody. And hopefully, hopefully they haven't done anything illegal or untoward. Um, but just understand that, you know, we're all humans. We're all going to be gorillas thumping our chests and roaring at each other on the internet. Um, so it, it's a useful thing to, to develop, but it's, it's very, very hard, um, to control. And if you lose control, getting it back is borderline impossible. Um, so when you're about to jump into an ecosystem, if you're launching a project, you're building a game, you're going to build a protocol, understand what, like the larger tribe you're about to hook into. Um, if it's Ethereum, they behave a certain way. If it's Solana, they behave a different way. If it's Avalanche, they behave totally differently. So you need to understand, like, who are you about to recruit, the tribe that you are going to form, uh, and uh, you know, are there divisions within your tribe, uh, and is your tribe really angry at another one? Um, so it, it, I used to work first. I used to work at uh, Sapien, a Web3 social pr platform and protocol that died. Um, we never really got traction, but uh, our whole thing was on tribalism and tribes, so let's figure out this forever. Anyways, so key things, understand um, you know, your tribe versus another tribe or divisions within your own. You're playing with fire, and you have to understand, so be careful, you have to understand who you're about to mess with when you go launch. That was great insight. Thanks for sharing. Um, just one last question I want to ask uh, to the panel uh, for I, I think NFL rivals kind of kicked it off for us, but uh, uh, what 
advice or strategies could you share with those that are listening on how to successfully build, um, maintain, and scale their community? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, I've got to literally jump in another space in a few minutes. So, uh, but yeah, I would say this is not a 90 day sprint. This is not a six month game. It's uh, it's a marathon. I think everyone already has the skills that they have. We already know to keep consistent. We already know to um, reply to people. We already know to build with integrity, all this other stuff. Like we already know all this stuff, everything that everyone's going to say, everyone already kind of knows there's already tools out there to help you with stuff. There's, collaborating attending twitter spaces all that nonsense that we we're already doing it i would say the main thing that people don't do is they just they fall off so the advice is do not fall off literally that just don't make sure you keep consistent make sure that you attend twitter spaces don't burn yourself out um like i didn't i attend a lot of twitter spaces every week but i built myself up to this so I can sustain. I didn't just wake up one morning and say, okay, cool. I'm going to join like two, three Twitter spaces a day. I started with one every other day and I started doing one a day. Then it went to about, you know, one to two a day and then I can sustain on two to two to three and I'll be fine. So I would say build yourself up and uh, just remain consistent. And I would say the last thing is do it for one year and don't complain. Don't complain you're not growing. Don't complain that you're not having the success that you want. Don't complain you're not seeing the results that you want. Do it for one year, 365 days. If you take a Sunday off, that's fine. But whatever days you take off, make sure there's a set. But whatever days you're going to grind and work, remain consistent. And then if after a year you feel that maybe you didn't see the results that you wanted, trust me, you won't complain. You'd just be like, oh, okay, cool. Maybe the way I was doing it for the last like six months wasn't working. So I could just change the strategy around. It's fine. Because you have a different mentality. So, um, yeah, remain consistent, man. It's, just, it's that simple. Just do that and you'll be fine. Yeah, I think what's, I think what Spicy just said is bang on. And I, think, I think one of the main things as well where projects fail when they're trying to build communities is they don't actually have anyone dedicated to do the role. Like they might bring a lot, a lot of projects just, just bring mods in. And the mods are kind of left to their own devices and you've got to kind of have a proper community manager. You've got to have dedicated people that can kind of be online 24 seven. So there's, there's always questions that can be answered. And I've been in far too many projects where telegrams or discords, they just get left to their own, their own devices. And you've got, you've just got community members trying to help other community members. And it's, it's just running it. If you, if you run it like a business and that's the, that's the key, you run it like a business because most people, most projects, they, they, that's exactly what they are. They're like projects. They're just something that are done in the part, part, part time. They're not really thought through. And I think community building is one of them things that often gets overlooked and it's, it's, the, it's the most important part of it. Cause if you don't have a community, what have you got? And like just, just managing it is the most important thing. And I think just speaking on like layer one X's behalf, when you go in the discord, there's always someone there twenty four seven. You ask a question and it'll it'll get answered. And if it doesn't get answered, you'll you'll get you'll get something back where you know that within within like half an hour to an hour someone's gonna be on it. And there there aren't many there aren't many discords or telegrams where I actually see that kind of thing happening. And it is again it's it's something that people need to um work on because if you don't have a strong if you don't have a strong like community which has got 
help from moderators and um, community managers, then you're going to be you're going to be struggling as especially as it starts growing. Like in the early days, it doesn't really matter, but if you want to scale, especially if you want to be a big project and you're bringing people in, especially I mean even more so for like gaming projects and because like discords go crazy and NFT projects as well. So you've got to scale it and make sure you you kind of dedicating resources to it. I'll go ahead and hop in. I think like one of the most important things is like providing places for your community to commune. So not just like being out on other Twitter spaces and promoting and shilling, but like providing that place for the community to come together because the community is really, it's, you know, I think we all like to get big egos and as community manager, like I am the community, I built the community, but it's not really their relationship to you. It's their relationship to each other as facilitated by you. So that's really important. Um, also helping your community grow. The bigger your community, like if I have 10 holders who are all super supportive of the community um, and always tweeting about us, I'm gonna retweet those people every time they're tweeting about a project that I'm representing, right? The bigger they get, the wider their reach and the better they're able to represent to the community, to the larger NFT space as a whole. So it's all about like supporting each other, being humble, um, and just having that goal of overall growth for the project, not that kind of individual need to like grow for yourself. Okay, let me jump in. So I was going to say like great take from Spicy based on like talking about consistency. That really matters. I've seen like pages grow interactions from like personally, my previous page was that way. My personal page went from like 10 interactions to like over 100 over time because the numbers don't just come magically they grow with time and i've seen spaces go from three people in the space to like over 20 in a couple of weeks so like consistency matters then growing right out from a community also matters you need to have a sense of belonging belong to a place because if you show support to that place they would in, in turn show support to you so that matters as well. And okay, there's this winning strategy for projects. If we're talking like right now from a project's perspective, like the found just one person can't do it alone. They need to like be a team. So we could basically say there'll be a founder who handles like the back end, creating like tools, utilities, whatever, and there'll be the other one. Who comes up on spaces or is more seen community with communicating with the community being out there that's something and also if you're a project and you have a community just create like a fun environment for your community they everyone just wants to have a great time at the end of the day so when they're up there in your discord a happier community reflects on the floor price of a project and you reflect on like how the community members react within the project. So just keep them happy, maybe through games, through incentives, whatever way you can. And also like create a strategy and having like content creators within your community. Because when you have content creators within your community, then with them creating content, they would in turn like maybe rep your PFP or like create contents based on your project. And that way you get much more seen so those are like great strategies for anyone and everyone to use. So thank you very much. Juju out. Perfect. Great. Thanks, everybody. Those were some great answers and some good advice. Um, 
just for the interest of time, uh, we'll just kind of end it there. But uh, great AMA. And before we close this, I want to give a big thank you to all of our panelists for their participation. And again, please mark your calendars for episode 20 of X Talks on this coming Friday, February 9th at 1 a.m. UTC, 9 a.m. Uh, Western Australian time uh, will be on the combined power of interoperability and real world assets. So thanks again, everybody for attending and uh, until next time, keep pushing the boundaries of innovation and unite all of crypto. Have a great day. Thanks everyone for uh, jumping in a big thank you to all our audiences and our speakers as well as a gentle reminder, uh, please join lay one discord server. If you haven't yet, we have quite a bit of interesting things going on in there. Uh, thank you everyone for jumping in. See you all in the next episode of X talks. Bye-bye.